0: On May 2, 2021, more than 3,000 local residents in the city of Vicenza, Italy, received a message from the government. Pack a bag for the day, leave your homes, and evacuate now. A 500-pound undetonated bomb left over from the British during World War II had been discovered in the city all residents within 1,500 feet of the device had to get out, stat, so a group of technicians could come in and disarm the bomb. The day would become known as Bomba Day, and it all sounds pretty dramatic to me, but apparently this isn't a hugely unusual occurrence in Italy.
1: This is something that routinely pops up in national media in Italy. You know, every once in a while, there'll be a story about, hey, so they found this unexploded bomb and needed to evacuate.
0: Alessio Perone is an Italian writer and journalist. And as he kept hearing all of these semi-routine stories about unexploded bombs in his own country... He began to think about the people doing this work.
1: And so I read about these things and I thought, how exactly do they do these things? How do they search for bombs? How do they find them?
0: So Alessio decided to find out. I'm Johanna Mayer, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, I'm talking with Alessio Perone about what he learned from the people who hunt for Italy's unexploded bombs. More. inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. No one knows exactly how many unexploded bombs, grenades, and bullets are still lurking under the ground in Italy, left over from the two world wars. But the country recovers about 60,000 pieces of unexploded ordnance every year. Which made me wonder... Are you walking around scared all the time?
1: <laughs> no, no. I'm not. I'm, I guess that's one of the things that, that makes this story fascinating is that we don't think about this. It's been 80 years. It doesn't really cross our minds now. And I think there's actually now people are starting to become fascinated by this stuff.
0: For example, there's a site in Lombardy that was an ammunition and weaponry deposit built by Napoleon 200 years ago.
1: And it blew up one day and for three days, residents nearby heard explosions, kind of pierced the silence in the night because there was still stuff exploding in this place. And instead of kind of being worried about it, then residents will go and take a peek. And a lot of uh, curious people start uh, coming to the site because there's a whole market for selling unexploded bombs.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So a lot of people, if they find bullets, pieces of bombs or even bombs, they will just take them home. I've heard of those people who use maybe large bombs as kind of uh, furniture in their wrong place. Yeah, decoration. Excuse me? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was told this off the record, so I can't say who told me this, <laughs> but, okay. um, but yeah, it happens.
0: There's a law in Italy that requires that if someone wants to build or renovate anything that was in a place that was struck by bombing in either of the world wars, they need to do a risk assessment. AKA, hire a company to check for unexploded devices. So the people who are looking for these bombs, they're busy.
1: A whole industry is born uh, out of this law. Perhaps surprisingly, this is a full-time job. They're employed all year long looking for bombs. They don't find bombs very often. I think Paolo Menini told me something like, 90% of the time, we don't find anything.
0: Paolo Manini is one of the main people Alessio spoke with for the article he eventually wrote about this. Paolo heads up one of the private Italian companies that specializes in bomb detection. And for him, hunting for unexploded bombs is kind of a family affair. His father, Enrico, was also a bomb
1: detector. Enrico Menini used to do this, so now Paolo, his son, does it. It's crazy to think that, you know, finding unexploded bombs is a family business. But yeah. it's like that. There's only like a dozen or maybe 15 companies doing this in Italy, and a, a few of them are actually family businesses. So the job is passed over from father to son. So if you're born in the right family, this is absolutely what you grow up thinking you're going to do one day.
0: And what does a day on the job actually look like?
1: The work has become very methodical. They start kind of checking if there's anything on the surface, and then they start drilling at regular intervals.
0: The crew will dig a hole and then just stick a good old fashioned metal detector in it.
1: Kind of seeing, okay, is there any bomb here? Then drilling deeper, three yards, then seven meters, and kind of doing it step by step.
0: Are they wearing any sort of protective equipment while doing any of this.
1: They wear no protective equipment whatsoever.
0: Zero. If the metal detector picks up any interference, the first thing they do is grab a pickaxe, and they just kind of whack the ground with it. Again, no protective equipment here. And if they do find something, whether it turns out to be just a piece of scrap metal or an unexploded ordnance, they just pick it up with their bare hands.
1: And I asked one of them, like, isn't it dangerous? And he's like, "Ah, my workers, if they find something, you know, they're just careful. Uh, it was like, this this sounds dangerous.
0: But Alessio says that the more he spoke with Paolo Menini and the other bomb detectors, he realized they seemed kind of bored. You see, bomb detection? It's just not what it used to be. In the good old days, once the guys located a bomb, they'd take it away somewhere, along with law enforcement, and blow it up together in a big, spectacular finale to the workday.
1: They were telling me stories about, you know, the one time they found an, an unexploded bomb and they were just throwing it to each other, or like they take pictures with it, and they just really like it when they find something, which struck, also struck me as awesome in a way because they were like oh yeah we take pictures whoever finds a bomb buys lunch for everyone else in the team they do like finding stuff and, and, and playing with it
0: but these days once the crew finds a bomb they have to call the local authorities who then whisk the device away to detonate it themselves
1: at some point, somebody told me something like, it's a shame that somebody else then blows up these bombs because it's as if you're, you're sowing all year long and then somebody else comes and reaps what, what you've sowed, uh, which is a um, weird metaphor for unexploded <laughs> bombs, really.
0: I imagine that Paolo and his crew feel kind of like like the authorities are stealing their thunder a little bit. Like, I do all the work, you get all the glory.
1: Yeah, yeah, they feel very almost protective, like it was their baby or something. Like, they take pride in taking pictures, like, they, yeah. they take time with it, because it's, like, it's their find. Especially Paolo is like, I should be involved in the process. It would make it, <laughs> it would make it more fun, but it also feels fair.
0: I get it. Yeah, I get it. So, I mean, we're joking about this, and it is kind of a funny thing to think about, like, people going off and running towards the bombs, but... I mean, I'm sure that there are accidents.
1: Yeah, we joke. And it's funny to see kind of how people behave around these things. But obviously, there's, there's lots of accidents. And some of them are really tragic. One person I spoke to, his name is uh, Nicolas Marzolino. He was 15. It was 2013. He lived in a town at the foot of the Alps in northwestern Italy. And so one day he was playing in a field with a couple of friends and they see a shiny red object. And it looked really uh, interesting to them. And they start throwing it around and playing with it and throwing it to each other like a a football, basically. Uh, And at some point he brings it to his ear and kind of shakes it to see what what sound it makes. Um, And it just uh, blew up. And the scenes that followed were horrific.
0: Nicholas lost his eyesight and a hand. One of the other boys was so traumatized by the incident that he doesn't remember anything from that day. And of course, it's not just Italy where this kind of thing happens.
1: This is actually happening in several parts of the world. So, like, demining efforts and efforts to find unexploded um, bombs are going on in most countries that are war zones so it will happen at some point in ukraine if it's not already happening but also it's happening in many other countries the tragedy is in some countries it doesn't happen at all so especially in countries in the middle east sometimes there's just it's just a very time-consuming process and sometimes there's just no resources to do this. And so you will hear, you know, there's still mines in the ground and children still get killed because of the mines that were placed 20, 30 years ago. It takes one moment for a government, for a dictator to decide to bomb a country. And it will take decades to kind of clean it up later. And people are going to pay the consequences. In Italy, it's been 80 years and people are still paying the consequences for uh, World War Two. Imagine what's what's going to happen to the countries that are facing modern wars with even more dangerous and deadly weapons. You know, the wars being fought today, the ripple effects of those are going to be felt for a long, long time.
0: As for the Meninis, it seems that the family bomb detection business will end with Paolo. He told Alessio that his own son likely won't carry on the business. It
1: was a bittersweet because he was a bit he was a bit sad about the state of the industry today, to be honest. He's not that old, but like he was talking about it's very bureaucratic. It's very, it's a very mundane job, which is the other thing that strikes me about it. It seems like such a wild world. But for all the people involved, it's just, you know, ah oh, yeah, this is very mundane. But yeah, so Paolo was a bit sad that he would need to find another solution for the family business, but at the same time, he was like, you know, the job used to be better we we used to have so much more fun and so i'm kind of happy that my son gets to you know choose another life for himself
0: that was writer and reporter alessio perone alessio wrote an entire article about Paolo menini and italy's bomb detectors you can find that at atlasobscura.com there's a link in our show notes Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes
1: Dylan Thress Doug Baldinger Chris Naka Camille Stanley Manolo Morales Baudelaire
0: Gabby Gladney Our technical director is
1: Casey Holford
0: This episode was mixed by
1: Luce Fleming
0: Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. I'm Johanna Mayer, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time.